0: Over the last three episodes, I've introduced you to the three-part framework I use to help develop marketing messages with my clients, educate, engage, and empower. We've talked about how educating your audience covers the foundations of what they need to know about your message, as well as keep you grounded with how you are going to deliver that message. Engaging focuses on offering the persuasive details to motivate your audience to consider working with you. It helps them to see you solving their problem in a way that works for them. In this episode, we'll review empowerment and the impact it has on the success of your tactics. Successful brands are rooted in purpose and driven by the potential to make a positive impact on their customers. Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose with Amy Austin. Each week, Amy brings you practical advice to embrace the power of purpose in all aspects of your business and transform it into the central storyline for your branding and marketing strategies. Empower and empowerment. Many people say this is a buzzword and it is overused. Maybe it is, but when it comes to marketing effectiveness, I believe empowerment is a key success metric. The dictionary's definition of empowerment is the process of becoming stronger and more confident, especially in controlling one's life and in claiming one's rights. This is what we want our marketing to do for our target audience. We want them to become stronger and more confident in their decision-making process around the problem our product or service solves for them. They need to feel confident in their decision or else they will not be satisfied with the results and it will ultimately reflect poorly on our brands. In our marketing efforts, we need to educate or clearly define what we can offer to our audiences. We need to engage the audience in conversation whether it be an active dialogue or a fact-finding mission on their part. And we must empower the audience to take action in a confident manner. Empowerment is your call to action. It is the end result you wanted them to take from before you ever started a dialogue with them. And that is work with you in some way or by your product. I've said repeatedly You need to start with a clear definition of what that end result will look like. It may take multiple conversations or messages to get there, but it is a step that you want them to take. For empowerment in your marketing strategies to be successful, your efforts to engage and educate must be solid, understood, and doing their part to move your audience to the point of action. You cannot expect a call to action statement to work if the foundations of your message or the details that persuade them to take action are absent. Buy now doesn't work on its own. The two main purposes of a call to action are to tell someone what they should do and give them the motivation to do so. So let's assume you've nailed the educate and engage aspects of your messaging. How do you empower? You need to provide clear direction of what you want them to do. Is it buy your product? Is it schedule a discovery call or some other type of appointment? Or maybe it's come to your place of business? Or is it something much bigger, like hire you to coordinate their wedding or replace all their windows? Whatever it is you want them to do, you need to be clear and concise and give them multiple opportunities to say yes to working with you. It is not enough to just tell them what you want them to do. They need to know why to do it and what they are getting from it. These are points that are reinforced in educate and engage portions of your marketing tactics, but your call to action also needs to reaffirm and reinforce the benefits they will receive from taking the action. Remember, it is about building up the confidence of your audience. Your call to action should be concise, clearly focused on what's important and free of distractions. In researching calls to action, I came across an article put out by Hootsuite. The headline touts 50 examples of calls to action. Honestly, it is 50 examples of educate, engage, and empower because each Facebook ad, Instagram, email, landing page, or other content They share includes the foundational educational components as well as details to make it more attractive to the audience. Round it out with the compelling call to action. I'll include a link to this article in the show notes. Here are a few tips to keep in mind when writing a call to action statement. One, use a commanding verb to lead the statement, this will clearly tell them the type of action you want them to take. Two, Use words that provoke emotion or enthusiasm. Think about the feeling you want them to have when their problem is solved as a result of working with you. Bring that emotion to the statement. Three, give them a reason why they should take action. In other words, what is in it for them? How will solving their problem help them move forward? Four, will they miss out on something by not taking action? Five, know where your call to action is going to be seen and consider how that will impact the response rate. If your message with a call to action is going to be seen on a smartphone, make sure your phone number is linked so all they need to do is click on the number to call you. How would you share the same call to action message on a video or a computer? This connects us back to some of the details I encourage you to consider while mapping out your educate metrics. Know where your message is going to be placed. It will impact how they respond to you. Number six, be creative as long as it fits with your brand and test your call to action statements. If you are able to run two versions of your message, word the calls to action differently and track the responses from both and then only use the one that yields the most results. This reminds me of Shel Rose Charvette's uh, book, Words That Change Minds. In this book, she talks about how people respond to different words and how knowing your audience and their typical responsiveness will help you select how you phrase your calls to action. She shared an example of a business selling rain boots. The desired action is the same, buy rain boots, but how she gets you there is different. Here are a couple of them. Keep your feet dry, buy our rain boots. Avoid getting your feet wet, buy our rain boots. You gotta keep your feet dry, buy our rain boots. How to keep your feet dry. Each of these are leading the prospective audience to buying rain boots, rain boots, rain boots, but the phrasing takes into account the context and the motivations of the person looking for the rain boots. How can you apply that back to how you present your call to action? I think it can be pretty powerful. A definition of marketing I like to refer to is this. Marketing is a process of maintaining relevance in people's lives before they are ready willing, and able to buy what you are selling, or if you are a service, hire you. Meaning you are there when they have the financial means, they trust you, and have an actual demand for your product or service. This is what the process of Educate, Engage, and Empower is leading your audience through. You are laying the groundwork for relevance, establishing trust, and staying top of mind for when they do need you. I just finished up a podcast guesting workshop, and one of the statements shared during this was that a person must see or hear from you 16 times before they are ready to invest. 16! I have heard different numbers for this statistic before, but the common denominator is that it is always, always multiple times, not just one. Moving a person to feel empowered to make the decision to work with you is a journey, not a sprint. The number of times may vary depending on the solution you are offering and the industry you are in. Remember what I said about transitional calls to action, those interim steps your audience may take before deciding to take the big step of doing business with you. These are part of those 16 times that they've encountered you. They maybe have looked at your website, listened to your podcast, read your blogs, or maybe they've downloaded a worksheet or taken a free training you've offered. These are all actions you lead them to that will help make the decision to take the next step, working with you on a bigger scale. As part of the educate and engage steps of this framework, I've suggested you draw out a chart or download the worksheet I provided on the show notes page to help you keep track of the key points to remember when developing your messages. For empowerment, I want you to write out the action you want your audience to take. Be specific. Clarity and confidence is what you are going for with this. Then I want you to write down how your audience will feel if they don't work with you and how they feel if they do work with you. Lastly, write down how you define success for this action and how are you going to track it. I've updated the worksheet and linked it in the show notes. These three pages together will offer you a guide for any messaging you need to create. At the end of episode 46, the one about engagement, I said that empowering your audience not to do business with you is just as important as empowering them to do business with you. What I mean by that is this. If your messages have been doing the work you need them to do, your audience has figured out whether you are the business for them you have helped them determine if they are part of your target audience. The engagement aspect of this three-part framework has given them the insights and knowledge about the nuances of what you do, how you do it differently, and why you are uniquely qualified to solve their problem. From this information, they either see themselves working with you or they don't. And if they don't, you likely don't want to work with them either. You have given the confidence they need to feel good about the decision of moving on to someone or something that is better equipped to solve their problem. Our marketing should not be about solving the problem for all people. It should be about solving the problem for the right people the ones that represent the ideal target audience you desire to serve. They are the people you know will work well with you and your business. Hey, it's Amy. Does this episode have you wondering if you know your brand as well as you could? Maybe you're thinking, how can I have more clarity around my business purpose and its mission, vision, and values? Or what drives my brand personality and how does that impact my business? First, I want you to know you are not alone. I see this a lot. It is easy to jump head first into developing marketing tactics, thinking you can just figure out the rest as you go. But there comes a time when you need to hit that pause button and get really clear on what your brand stands for and how you make your target audience the central character in your brand story. If you're thinking, this sounds so familiar, then you and I should have a chat about clearly defining your brand and story. Just head over to amyaustinmarketing.com and send me a note. I hope to speak with you soon. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. Head over to amyaustinmarketing.com for links and resources mentioned in today's show, as well as ways to subscribe and connect with Amy. Thanks for listening.